Tap, 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 tap. You look pretty busy, Letty. Mr. Collins interrupts in a gruff tone. I'll just pop in and see if Grayson wants to grab lunch. Violet. My perfectly manicured fingers, which were typing away on the keyboard, pause as I lift my gaze to the old man. His beady eyes flit over my silky white blouse to where my full breasts are barely encased in the button-up shirt, slightly jiggling with movement. I purposely still my body and bring my fingertips to my slender neck to touch the string of pearls my mother gave me long ago to distract him. The action hides my breasts from the leering old man and he drags his gaze back to my face. I stiffen but force a polite smile to my lips. Actually, he's in a very important meeting. I lie to him as I stand. I'll have him get back to you later, sir. He seems mildly irritated, but I flash him a winning smile that's more convincing than the first one. You're his favorite client, you know. I tell him in a conspiratorial whisper, I know he'd much rather be downing sushi and sake with you than having to hash out the purchase of that Japanese hotel from Mr. Adachi. Those two have spent so much time discussing it. I'll be glad when they decide on a price, so that Mr. Maxwell can handle his less complicated business. I make a simple motion of my hand to gesture at him. His white brows furrow together, and he rounds his shoulders, as if the motions will make him taller, more formidable, powerful, but at five foot ten, I tower over the much shorter man, especially in my spiked heels that easily put me over six feet. With a huff, he shoots an unnerved glare at Grayson Maxwell's door. Tell him we can go out for celebratory drinks later in the week. I'll accept his offer on my resort. Make sure he gets the message right away. He storms off and my false smile morphs into a genuine and triumphant one. With my chin lifted in the air, I strut over to the coffee machine in the kitchen. Mr. Maxwell likes his coffee a certain way. Two spoonfuls of sugar and one scoop of creamer. And I don't forget the sprinkle of cinnamon. I even squat slightly so I can eyeball how much sugar is rounded on the spoon before dumping it into the steaming liquid and then stirring. The run-in with Mr. Collins only solidifies what I already know. I'm damn good at my job. After six years, I'm the best employee Maxwell Subsidiaries has. Not long ago, I was just a fraction of my current self. A sliver of what could be. Back when Vaughn pulled my strings. Long before I cut loose from him and danced in my own show called Life. The earlier smile fades at the thought of my ex-boyfriend, Vaughn. A dangerous man. Toxic and vile. I'd fallen hard for a man who tainted me in every way possible— it takes hindsight to realize how deep his dirty world I'd sunk. I'm jolted from terrorizing memories of Vaughn when I hear male voices behind me. This is the break room. Clint from HR says. We hardly ever come in here. Our assistants make our coffee. You'll be assigned an assistant as well. I jerk my head to see the new associate, a handsome male taking in my appearance, with a slight hunger in his eyes. Ah, uh, yes, Mr. Truman. Clint tells him with a chuckle. This is the owner's assistant, Letty. Violet. Will she be my assistant as well? Mr. Truman questions, hope flickering in his weasel eyes. I suppress a shudder and force a smile as I clutch the steaming mug of coffee. 
If he keeps staring at me like he's undressing me with his eyes, I might have to accidentally dump this hot cup down the front of his slacks. No, she belongs to Mr. Maxwell. My heart ceases to beat at Clint's choice of words. You belong to me. Vaughn's favorite saying still haunts me seven years later. This time the shudder ripples down my spine and the coffee sloshes in the mug, stinging my hand when it splashes over. Turning away from the pompous pricks who are now laughing at my clumsiness, I snag a paper towel and clean the coffee spill from my flesh. It takes everything in me to keep my lips pressed in a firm line, to avoid saying anything. Under my breath, though, I mutter, I belong to no one. When I reach Mr. Maxwell's door, I visibly straighten my back and affix the same warm smile I'd used earlier for Mr. Collins before stepping into my boss's office. Just like always, his scent hits me first. Strong, rugged, spicy.